Okay, so today we're going to do the Law of One session 41. Uh, session 41 was received March 20, 1981. Welcome here. Welcome all visitors. Uh, this is 27 exchanges. Very serious metaphysics. Uh, Don does some reviewing. Uh, and that's good. He, he sort of asks for the same information as before, but in a deeper way to clarify, and Rod does a lot of that. So, questions about magic and the sun, uh, understanding of the densities as they relate to chakras and cosmology from, you know, logos to sublogos to octave to first density and second density life how that relates to humanity and orange ray and um, some things about fasting and healing and balancing so a very uh, broad ranging session 41.0 a majority of the greeting is in brackets I am Ra I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator in brackets we communicate now 41.1 is um, Basically, uh, Don asking about the logistics, and it says, I have one question of logistics to start with. I know it's a dumb question, but I have to ask it to be sure. There's a possibility that we may have to move from this location to a location a thousand or more miles from here in the future. Will this have any effect at all on our contact with Ra? And Ra answers that this is not a foolish question. The location is meaningless, for are we not in the creation? However, the place of the working shall be either carefully adjudged by yourselves to be of the appropriate vibratory levels, or it shall be suggested that the purification of the place be enacted and dedication made through meditation before initial working. This might entail such seemingly mundane chores as the cleansing or painting of surfaces, which you may deem to be inappropriately marred, M-A-R-R-E-D. So, uh, it's not a foolish question. It's a good question, meaning, uh, will this contact be affected by uh, a move of the LNL group to another location? And Ross saying, uh, yes, it has some effect in a sense, in the sense of the conditions at the new location. Uh, but the first point is that the location, meaning in and of itself, the location is meaningless for are we not in the creation mean of course we're in the creation what that means is uh, all places all locations uh, are one location all time and space is here now all uh, different all the distinctions of space location spatial location are really um, relative perceptions uh, that don't take into account that the universe is one location. And so, are we not in the creation? Meaning, yes, we are in the creation, which means the creation is one life. And anywhere in any apparent space-time location in this one creation is still in the one creation no matter what wave or what part of the wave or what part of the ocean, you're in the ocean. And so every portion of the ocean uh, partakes of the same substance of water as any other part or any other portion. However, then, also, it's true that uh, the location ought to be appropriate for the kind of working they're doing. And so, uh, talking about appropriate vibratory levels, yeah, of course, there are some places that are more harmonious than others. You know, living in a in a lovely, uh, you know, chalet in the mountains with uh, birds and uh, happy pine trees is a lot more harmonious than, you know, South Bronx. Uh, or living with lots of humans that are dis dysfunctional. So, uh, obviously, places, and I've said, you know, I think it's key for our own well-being here in the end times of the 3D cycle, uh, that we live in a place we like as much as we can. 
play, you know, people, place, and work. The people with that we're with ought to be the people we want to be with as much as possible, and those we don't feel suitable, we ought to be uh, without relationship to as much as possible, I think. You can do anything you want, but there's nothing, there's no selfishness in, um, in, in uh, healthy association and eliminating unhealthy association. Same thing with place or location and work. Anyway, uh, if it didn't seem appropriate, they recommend purifying the place and then dedication through meditation before the first working. And uh, that's useful when you move to any new location. You can smudge with sage, you can burn incense, you can do meditation, you can chant, you can dance naked on around the maypole, or uh, just uh, bow and say thank you, or do anything, or do nothing. But uh, there are ways of um, inhabiting a space uh, metaphysically, um, and projecting the love light from your own system into the, into the sphere or realm of the new location, house and environment that's helpful. 41.2, I'm familiar, Don says, I'm familiar with the banishing ritual of the lesser pentagram. I was just wondering if this ritual was of use in preparing a place for this type of working. And I said, this is correct. This is a Golden Dawn-related Western metaphysical occultist, perhaps white magical, but uh, the jury's out in my court. So I don't know, but uh, they Don been doing this. 41.3, John goes on, then generally what you're saying is that even if we moved over a thousand miles away, if we carefully prepared a place that we found, even though it had been used by others previously, it could be made satisfactory. Is it correct? Yes, it's correct. So, uh, place is certainly less important than uh, the person who inhabits the, the space. You know, uh, space is the place but mind is the doer. And um, like Nityananda said, you know, yes, Saturn is there, but God is here too. Meaning, yeah, there is influence um, of uh, time-space configuration and influences. Uh, conditioning influences do play their part, such as those associated with planetary movement and uh, time and space uh, specifics. However, uh, you're the boss, and who are you, and what's the limit of um, the harmony you can uh, radiate into that time-space location? The limit is not yet discovered. 41.4, this is a super-duper question here. <coughs> In trying to build an understanding from the start starting with intelligent infinity and getting to our present condition of being. I'm having some difficulty, but I think I should go back and investigate since our sun, or investigate our sun, since it is the sub-logos that creates all that we experience in this particular planetary system. So, you know, be, be understanding that sun equals sub-logos in the uh, triadic scheme of galactic logos, solar sub-logos, and higher self atomonic sub-sub-logos in late sixth density. Will you give me a description of the sun of our sun? And Ra's answer is very nice, 41.4. Ra said, this is a query which is not easily answered in your language. For the sun has various aspects in relation to intelligent infinity, to intelligent energy, and to each density of your planet, as you call these spheres, planets. Moreover, these differences extend into the metaphysical or time-space part of your creation. And uh, now the four main paragraphs. In relationship to intelligent infinity, the sun body is, equally with all parts of the infinite creation, part of that infinity. Two, in relation to the potentiated intelligent infinity, which makes use of intelligent energy, it is the offspring, shall we say, of the Logos, for a much larger number of sub-logoi, logoses. The relationship is hierarchical in that the sub-logos, sun, uses the intelligent energy 
in ways set forth by the Logos and uses its free will to co-create the full nuances of your densities as you experience them. Third paragraph. In relation to those densities, the sun body may physically be seen to be a large body of gaseous, gaseous elements undergoing the processes of fusion and radiating heat and light. Fourth paragraph. Metaphysically, the sun achieves a meaning to fourth through seventh density according to the growing ability of entities in these densities to grasp the living creation and co-entity or other self nature of this sun body. Thus, by the sixth density, the sun may be visited and inhabited by those dwelling in time-space and may even be partially created from moment to moment by the processes of sixth density entities in their evolution. And so that last explanation will be um, further unpacked and explained um, as we move on to 41.5 and 41.6. Uh, but let's go for the first, uh, let's go to explain these as much as possible. So the sun uh, has various aspects in relation to various other, you know, entities or realities of creation. Its relationship to intelligent infinity, its relationship to intelligent energy, its relationship to each density of each planet, and then its relationship to those who achieve certain higher dimensional evolution. One, the relationship of the sun to intelligent infinity, uh, Ra saying the sun body, meaning the physical manifestation, is equally with all parts of infinite creation, part of that infinity. Of course, infinity has no parts. We can just say, in a little more nuanced language, the sun body, uh, as with all other apparent entities of creation, uh, an expression of the totality of the one creation. That's not very smooth, but uh, to say part is, is kind of uh, illogical or intrinsically impossible. Infinity is one. The nature of unity is infinity. And that one uh, is a singleness of life. Um, you can't say that there's parts, but there's apparent differentiation. So there's an apparent differentiation of totality into apparent uh, separative entities and uh, time and space itself. So in, in relation to intelligent infinity or infinity in total, uh, the sun is yet another thing, another apparent entity, which is actually one. Now, in relation to uh, intelligent energy, we get some a little bit of deeper teaching here about the uh, relations between or the processes and relationships between uh, intelligent infinity, the sun, and intelligent energy, and the octaves. Uh, in relation to a potentiated intelligent infinity, so we're talking about the one infinite creator in its potentiated form uh, undergoing kinesis, the kinetic form, the kinetic expression of intelligent infinity, which is its potentiation. It has been potentiated. It is now potentiated intelligent infinity. The whirling cross uh, is a typical symbol for that, uh, which gave rise to the swastika, which originally was reversed and going clockwise in the Hindu tradition, but the Nazis reversed it, as they normally do reverse things. Uh, intelligent infinity in potentiation, undergoing kinesis, its kinetic expression, makes use of intelligent energy, whose nature is love, light, light, love. Now you can say, some, somebody just sent me an email and said, isn't intelligent infinity the Logos? The Logos is intelligent infinity. Uh, the second principle, you know, law of love, um, is the Logos, yeah, uh, but there's also a differentiation. You see, all is one. It really means all is one, okay? So, the true nature of intelligent energy is the Logos, the true nature of, meaning the sub-Logos in this case, the true nature of intelligent energy that structures the seven densities is the sub-Logos that did the structuring. The true nature of that Logos is the galactic Logos that gave birth to the sub-Logos, or suns, 
that could do the structuring of intelligent energy. And the true nature of that logos, or the galactic logoi, is of course potentiated intelligent infinity. So are there many guys in play, or there's one? Of course it's one. These are differentiations. You know, if I turn my head to the right, and I turn my head to the left, it's still one, one being, simply facing this way, Scott turns to the right, Scott turns to the left, it's still the guy. And so uh, the transit goes from uh, infinity, the one infinite creator becoming aware, becoming intelligent, infinity, discerning the concept of finity, the potential for the experience of, of finity or limitation, giving birth to ultimately the concept of light, the illusion of limits, and then that gives birth through the laws of, you know, the free will, the law of free will acting upon love, giving birth to light or intelligent energy, which structures into seven, it's all one, uh, but we can differentiate, uh, but it's also one. So potentiated intelligent infinity makes use of intelligent energy, it also gives birth to intelligent energy, and then uses it. It is the offspring, in this case, uh, the sun is, the sun is an offspring or a child of the logos, meaning the galactic logos, for a much larger number of sublogoi for suns. So the uh, galactic logos father gives birth by itself to um, uh, innumerable solar sublogos sun bodies. This, the relationship is hierarchical, meaning the sub-logos is below, with quotation marks, the galactic logos, which is below, if we put it in, uh, you know, relative terms, uh, the potentiated intelligent infinity that gave birth to light, which is the action of free will upon love. Uh, the sub-logos is below, if you want to say hierarchy, but you can say the relationship is hierarchical, but hierarchical is a relative perception. Um, when there's understanding of true simultaneity, meaning all is now, all is here, then there's no sequence. Sequentiality, linear, linear sequentiality, uh, is no longer perceived, understanding or living in the heart of true simultaneity, a term from Ra. But we can say hierarchical. Then, this sub-logos, in the hierarchical relative view, the sub-logos, sun-body, uses intelligent infinity, or QSSR uses intelligent energy, now that means it's not the same. The sub-logos, it is the same and it's not the same. That's the answer, whoever you are. Uh, the sub-logos, the solar logos, the sub-logos of the sun bodies are the same and are not the same as intelligent energy. They use intelligent energy uh, in ways set forth by the galactic logos, meaning the differentiations of solar system of octaves done by sublogoi suns when planets get into second density when a planet goes into second density that's it seems when the sublogos solar beings solar logoi do the uh, structuring with intelligent energy uh, to co-create these full nuances of your densities as you experience them full nuances of densities in the octave uh, is achieved by the sun's sun bodies, really not the body, but the being that has that body, that is sub-logos, which in a hierarchical view is below the galactic logos, it uh, building on the basic framework of the structuring of light, intelligent energy, done by the galactic logoi, the solar sub-logoi, then make further uh, nuancing. So they nuance the already um, structured uh, in, or intrinsic structures applied to intelligent energy or light by the galactic logoi. So the galactic logoi do some shaping structuring of the, the laws of light. Then the sublogoi solar beings in their own solar system octaves, when planets go into second density, then they do a further nuancing of the densities uh, based on the template of what the galactic logoi 
Logos Galactic Center being provided for them. That's how I understand it. So is the sub-logos solar being the same as intelligent energy or different? I would say both. It uses intelligent energy, so obviously a differentiation has been understood conceptually. Meanwhile, uh, I think you can say that this intelligent energy uh, is a sort of downstepping uh, that comes with the birth of light. And therefore, in a certain sense, um, the, uh, the photon of light that is, I think, the heart of intelligent energy, the heart, pith, core nature of intelligent energy being the photon of light, which then differentiates into seven, seven rays of dimensions, or seven rays of dimensions in octaves. Uh, that intelligent energy photon photonic existence sentient light sentient photonic light to me perhaps it's certainly the same as the you know <laughs> what is the body of a sublogos made out of if not sentient photonic light photons so the body of a sun the body of a sublogos is made by what it's made by light uh, so you can say that its substance is intelligent energy, the substance of the solar logos, and it also then uses intelligent energy. Uh, but, you know, you can go round and round with this, and uh, it's really far above our level. <laughs> but it's interesting. Then, in relation to densities, looking down, the sun body may uh, physically be seen to be, be seen to be, not is Essentially, it may seem, may be seen to be by our eyes with our 3D perceptual mechanisms. A large body of gaseous elements undergoing fusion and radiating heat and light. Eric Dollard would say no, and I'll stand with him that it's more of an um, interdimensional uh, or interoctive portal. Vortex, vort vortical, it's a vortical window. A vortical window, um, and essentially is not hot or light or gaseous, but in um, relation to bodies, material bodies in creation, including us looking, and the atmospherics of Earth, uh, it can be seen to be gaseous and radiant in heat and light. Then, metaphysically, meaning in terms of uh, soul evolution, uh, moving back up rather than cosmology coming down. Uh, metaphysically, the sun achieves meaning to fourth through seventh density beings uh, according to their growing ability to grasp what Ross said, the living creation and co-entity or other self nature of the sun, meaning you are the sun. The, the Atman, you know, the essence of Atman is not different from, from the solar logos. The, the Atman, Atman higher self uh, field and beingness is a sub-sub-logos, sub-sub-logos below the sub-logos of the solar being, below the galactic logos, logoi, that comes straight out of intelligent infinity. We can see it hierarchical, and we can see it as um, identity and unity, and all, uh, all levels of the logos are one being uh, with, uh, you know, uh, sequential differentiation. So as, as we evolve towards seventh density, we realize, you know, I am the sun. You are the sun. You know? And that's why Akhenaten did a hymn to the sun. Great reverence and love for the sun. Uh, and I feel that also. The sun is great. How many humans look up at the sun and have gratitude to the sun? Nearly none. Nearly none of the earth humans look up and say, wow, you're great. I love Tai Yang is a big Yang, just a big Yang, Yin Yang. I love the sun. Thus, by sixth density, the sun may be visited and inhabited by those dwelling in time space, meaning uh, when you're in sixth density, you can go live on the sun and, and uh, party because, Ra said, it's partially created moment by moment by processes of sixth density entities and their evolution. What does that mean? Ra explains at 41.5, in this density, sixth density, 
whether it's time space only or time space and space time I don't know but Ra is saying in this density I would assume six density time space whether it's space time too I don't know in six density in this density some entities whose means of propagation is fusion may may choose to perform this portion of experience the fusion as part of the beingness of the sun body thus you may think of portions of the light you receive as offspring of the generative expression of six density love wow so some entities in some groups in six density uh at least in time space maybe also space time whose means of reproduction they're still mating they're still gender the gender is male is young and female is yin male is more preference to the 1357 line wisdom radiance transmission uh, female so-called at that level i think is more uh, magnetic uh, one two four six line love over wisdom leading their soul evolution um, more associated with receptivity or magnetism or um, stillness uh, water as opposed to fire uh, reception as opposed to outgoing and receptive uh, there still is therefore uh, some kind of subtle gender uh, designation in sixth density although what kind of genitals they have I think there's no genitals we're talking about different qualities of the sixth density um, spherical being light being that they uh, inhabit but they may basically do some of this fusion or sexual union on the face of the Sun as part of the beingness of the Sun and that creates light so some of the light we receive like solar flares you can think of sometimes solar flares I do and solar sunspots and sunstorms uh, as six density entities uh, having a love fest six density entities uh, doing fusion fusion practice fusion work fusion love you know hey man party on the Sun so uh, that's very interesting <laughs> it may be that high solar activity like sunspot cycles of 11 years just happen to do just have just have to do perhaps with cycles of group uh, fusion ritual in six density there the cyclic activity of six density entities and groups that may do um, fusion reproduction sexual fusion uh, ceremonial activity experience on the Sun in the Sun um, they may do that in something akin to our seven our 11 year sun sunspot cycles perhaps uh, 416 Don goes further asks could you say that six density entities are using that mechanism to more closely be to be more closely co-creators with the infinite creator uh, to get close to the one Ross said this is precisely correct as seen in the latter portions of six density seeking the experiences of the gateway density meaning seven density and um, that's interesting because raw talked about the shuttle uh, the shuttle to intelligent infinity uh, this I've often said is an energetic linkage between six and seven chakra however it really in my view bridges six chakra with eighth density interestingly Ra also calls seventh density the gateway density seeking the experience of the gateway density seeking harvestability into 7d in seven density uh, looking backwards is finished uh, there's no more personalization it's like an infinitely subtle um, computer thought form infinite possibility vortices comprehension knowingness knowing all time and space possibilities of an octave before leaving and going into eighth density but interestingly just like we can say uh, higher development of sixth ray is activation of the gateway or shuttle to intelligent infinity the bridge to seven chakra and then eighth density likewise we can say that seventh density itself is a gateway density uh, that's a word to the wise
41.7, uh, or a wise a word to the unified. Uh, Don says, what I, now, what I want to do now is investigate as the first density is formed, what happens and how energy centers are formed in be are first formed in beings. Um, let me first ask you, does it make any sense to ask you if the sun itself has a density or is it all densities? Good question. Ross said the sub-logos, solar logos, sun, is of the entire octave and is not that entity, not that entity, which experiences the learning teaching of entities such as yourself. So, um, you know, Parabrahman, uh, Mahapurush, Omkar, Sublogos, Solar Logos, uh, experiences the totality of the octave, not the specific progressional, sequential learns, learnings, teachings, learning, development of entities progressing uh, from, you know, second to sixth, seventh density. It, it, that the, the learning of entities, the, the learned teachings of entities such as yourselves in 3D or as wanderers in 3D moving from, you know, uh, second density animal or plant, you know, great trees and uh, great beings able to harvest the three, then up to six, then into seven and out of the whole situation. Um, the sub-logos, solar logos, it is of the entire octave. It is not that entity. It is not an entity that experiences um, progressional sequential evolution. So as I've said, from absolute view, um, where there's freedom from the arising of conception or perception or experience of time and space, experience of separative spatiality or linear temporality, linear time sequence, sequentiality, or uh, di apparently differentiated separative spatial entities and objects with location and distance and all that. Freedom from all that uh, is, the, is uh, a hint of the condition of the solar logos. And so it doesn't experience, uh, it, it, it encompasses our experience of linear progression soul evolution, but it's far, far greater than that. And therefore, it's really outside, uh, it, it's, it's the encompassing of temporality, the encompassing of conception, the encompassing of consciousness, the encompassing of soul evolution. It encompasses all those as Heraclitus would use the word, encompass. And so uh, the Logos, the solo Logos is, is a big deal. And that's the true goal of enlightenment. Beyond Bodhisattva, Atman, all is one, one is all, uh, sixth density. Beyond that is uh, Satchitananda, complete and perfect enlightenment, um, Arahan, Nibban, the ending of becoming, the ending of restlessness, and the ending of um, the veil of the seven densities. Then, 41.8, when the first density is formed, dot, 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 I intuitively see the first density being formed by an entity, energy center that is a vortex. This vortex then causes these spinning motions that I have mentioned before of the light, vibration which is light, which then starts to condense into the materials of the first density, is it correct? Um, <clears throat> Don is trying to visualize um, the way that energy uh, precipitates into matter and densities of chakras. Raw 41.8 says, this is correct as far as your reasoning has taken you. However, it's well to point out that the Logos has the plan of all the densities of the octave in potential completion before entering the space-time continuum in first density. Thus, the energy centers exist before they are manifest. Yep. Completion exists before the experience of um, sequentiality, sequence. Sequentiality is, in my case here, being used to explain the experience of sequence or linear uh, temporal passage, one, two, three, right? How do you get to five? We go one, two, three, four, five. 
that's linear sequentiality. How do you go to complete and perfect enlightenment? Well, you got to develop the seven chakras and move through the seven densities and get through, uh, you know, all the levels and do all the work of, uh, you know, vast time and space. That's linearity, the experience of sequentiality, soul evolution through the densities. But Ra is saying that the logos or the sublogos, you see, sometimes they're using the term logos for sublogos, but the, the sublogos and the logos are one. The sublogos solar is simply a differentiation of galactic center. The being that is galactic center, or the being that is the galaxy, in all its densities and all its totality, that manifests uh, the, the center of a galaxy, galactic center, great spiritual sun. The great spiritual sun, the center of a galaxy, like the sun body, the solar center of the solar system, is a physical manifestation, uh, body level, we may say, uh, of the great being that is the totality of the galaxy or the solar system. The great being that is the totality of a solar system is not separate or not different, really. Is, is not separate, um, is essentially identical to, at one with, the being that is the great galaxy. The great being that is the whole galaxy is essentially the, the uh, source of the great being that is a whole solar system octave. The only difference is that there's a differentiation from the original infinity um, of the galactic logos. When a planet in that solar system goes to second density, then there's a differentiation to the laws of light in that octave, in accord with um, what we're calling a solar logos, which is not localized to the sun body of the solar system of that octave. The sun body of, an, of a solar system is not the house of the solar logos whose beingness manifests and uh, determines events of that octave solar system. Its location is not there in the sun somewhere. And so, uh, physical manifestation is not the delimited location of the beingness uh, who manifests that body. So, um, it's well to point out that the Logos, or Sublogos, has the plan of all densities of the octave in potential completion. It's not kinetic completion, but it's completion in potentia. It is done. It is good. It is completed in mind. It is seen in mind, in the mind, you know, what the mind of the Logos is beyond me, but in the uh, mind sphere, in the mind realm of the Logos and Sublogos, which is ultimately one, uh, the completion of the evolution of its entire octave is known before it even started. The energy centers exist before they're manifest. They exist in the mind of the logos and sublogos, which is really one. So, uh, before the start, uh, the end is achieved. And so, uh, this is this is um, the, the reality ultimately of um, non-temporality, non-spatiality. It's not just freedom from time and space. It's the fact that time and space are ultimately illusory, or it's a sheer um, gossamer gossamer fabric uh, applied to you know in the mind of the logoi. Uh, for whom evolution, uh, you know, who give birth to the scheme of time and space and evolution, which is already complete before it ever started. Ooh. So, 41.9, we get to more cosmology and uh, a little bit less uh, high. Uh, Don's asking, what is the simplest being that is manifested? It's a single cell... 
how does it function with respect to the energy centers? Uh, Ra's answer here is the simplest manifest being is light, or what you've called the photon. In relationship to energy centers, chakras, it may be seen to be the center or foundation of all articulated energy fields. So, so the photon of light, or the photon, which we call light, which is, I think, the, essen the essential nature of intelligent energy, which you see is distinct from the logos. See? If you're a listener there. The logos is the one who's um, using uh, the photon of light or intelligent energy to differentiate the laws in its octave. Of course, the nature of that photon is the action of free will upon love. And the action of free will upon love, you can say, is um, the free will of the logos, sub-logos, which is love. Galactic logos is love too, you know. It's not, it's not out of it. But uh, the, uh, you can say that there's a, a, a hierarchy also of galactic logos to solar sub-logos to higher self, or the densities of a system, where the galactic logos represents first principle law of free will, or the quality of will, power, make the whole galaxy, and stars, and planets, and octaves. And then, the second principle law of love associated with solar logos, sub-logos, um, that does the structuring uh, of intelligent energy in its own octaves associated with its own solar systems when the planets fall into, when any one of the planets goes to second density. Then you can say the third principle law of light is associated with higher self, higher self as a little sun, and beings in sixth density achieving Atman sub sub logos, uh, dancing on the sun, making love on the sun, making love light on the sun. When you make love uh, in true blue, you know, uh, green, blue, indigo, you're making love light. Hey, baby, let's make love light. A little bit different. Uh, but if you use that at the bar, I guarantee, I cannot guarantee success. So, but we may say then that the photon itself, uh, that, that by its rotation or whatever, manifests the seven differentiated frequencies of visible light, the rainbow spectrum, a spectrum of seven colors of the chakras, same as the densities, uh, that that's a being, that's a guy, that's beingness, it has a beingness. That's why Ross said there is some nascent, germinal, essential consciousness in first density, although not quite as in the same way as second, because there's the consciousness of the photon itself, which is really the beingness. So the simple, simplest manifest being is the photon or light or the essential nature of intelligentry. Then, in relation to chakras, uh, this photon or that which rotates or differentiates to become the seven variable colors uh, can be seen as the center or the foundation of all articulated energy fields. This is the seven uh, chakra-related energy fields of a being. The planet has seven energy fields, bodies, uh, human beings, any being actually has these seven sheaths. The seven chakras you see are not simply uh, vortice, vortical points, flat vortical points. They're actually spherical uh, vortical energy fields. Ooh, they're spherical and vortical energy fields that manifest as points in the etheric body of the spine. So that point uh, of the chakra, up the spine, in the etheric body, they're not the uh, physical body, but they're correlated to the physical spine in its relation to the etheric body, sixth density body, as seven points. But those seven points are actually vortical, are, can be seen as gateways to the vortical sphere of energy field associated with that particular chakra level or dimensional level. And so it's a lot more subtle than, than we see in, in the, you know, line drawings of the chakras or the energy bodies.
but um, the photon as center or foundation of all articulated energy fields, including the field of a, of a planet or a solar system. The, the, here you see, I see problem with language. The center or the foundation. It's like a foundation in the ground, like it's a laid poured concrete and slab of brick, brick style. It's a slab of concrete in the dirt. No. Uh, foundational. Uh, as the essential building block and the true nature of all articulated energy fields, meaning differentiated differentiations of the photon, rotations of the photon that lead to multiple frequencies and energy fields, including the fields of the chakra energy bodies. Uh, and it's not the center, meaning it's sitting in the middle of some body, like in the middle of the seven-dimensional, seven-fold energy fields of my body spirit complex being this totality, seven density cell, there's some photon sitting in the middle of there. It's not that center. It's the point out of which um, uh, frequency differentiation occurs. Differentiation of frequency occurs by a, by a kind of a radiatory, a central radiatory expression of the photon. Something like that. Hi, hi. Happy, happy talk. 4110. When first density is formed, we have fire, air, earth, and water. Actually, the order is um, earth, water, fire, air. There is at some time uh, the first movement or individuation of life into a portion of consciousness that is self-mobile. Could you describe the process of the creation of this and what type of energy center it has? This is a very specific and good question. Ra at 41.10 says, the first or red ray density, though attracted towards growth, which is properly second density, is not in the proper vibration for those conditions conducive to what you may call the spark of awareness. As the vibratory energies move from red to orange, the vibratory environment is such as to stimulate those chemical substances which lately had been inert to combine in such a fashion that love and light begin the function of growth, growth in consciousness particularly. The supposition which you had earlier made concerning single-celled entities such as the polymorphous dinoflagellate is correct. The mechanism is one of the attraction of upward spiraling light there's nothing random about this or any portion of evolution. So, solid answers there. Um, the distinction between first and second density we may apply to comprehension of the difference between first and second chakras in terms of human consciousness. First or red ray density, first density, 1D or red ray, first density, is attracted towards growth but not yet experiencing growth. It's the elementals, which can be seen as earth, water, uh, fire, air, where Ra said that earth, fire and air teach earth and water. The car, this is the Greek four element theory. Uh, Heraclitus saw fire as the core or central or critical element that drives evolution. And uh, the uh, work of fire, air, stimulating earth, water, uh, pertains very much to consciousness development too. Heraclitus, the Brooks-Haxton translation is dry, the soul grows good. But actually, closer to the original Greek was something like um, a dry soul is best. And um, later he said... <coughs> Something like, um, the, the, the best soul is a dry beam of light. Super esoteric. The best soul is a dry beam of light. Uh, but, coming back down, in terms of first density life, it's not yet moving, it's not yet experiencing growth, although there is this interaction of fire, air, teaching water, 
pitching water, earth. Of course, the correlations are earth, air, fire, water. So earth one, um, air four, water two, fire three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Earth one is stimulated specifically or, or correlated with air four, one four. And water two is correlated specifically with fire three. And so uh, fire air three four teaches um, uh, water earth two one. Uh, actually, that stuff is helpful um, with some special practices. But it is interesting, you can see um, elemental balances in the mind of different humans by body type morphology. There's the white-faced pasty type, there's the ruddy type, white-faced pasty type body, like um, the Pillsbury Doughboy or Doughman um, is uh, earth water, and the ruddy type or the uh, wiry type is uh, fire air and um, that body choice as catalyst uh, you know uh, is structured or is, has been chosen for various types of reasons by Harsaw. Anyway, uh, first density is not really yet experiencing awareness it's not yet moving in growth it's not yet it's attracted towards growth, but not yet growing. It's simply sort of uh, the swirling, uh, the swirling um, gloam of, uh, of chaos before uh, an ordering into molecular substance. So the structuring into molecular substance is the result of fire, air, teaching water, earth. Then, uh, as we talk about vibratory energies moving from red to orange, first to second density, first to second ray. Um, the vibratory environment, which really means the condition that differentiate that frequency of the photon, the frequent the orange frequency of the photon, second density, second chakra, is uh, associated with growth and uh, upward seeking, like the plants go to the sun and the animals go to each other. Uh, that's not happening in first density. Uh, and people who are so seriously traumatized um, have diminished awareness. It, that's called comatose. Comatose. And uh, severe autism. Autism means one. Auto. Automatic. Autoimmune. Uh, automobile. Self-mobile. One mobile. One mobile. Uh, autism. Comatose. Comatosity. Uh, very serious uh, shell shock and PTSD and things like that, uh, throw the person into a real lower second chakra blockage, first chakra um, diminished awareness condition. Not yet even feeling, not, not even aware much or with much dimmed awareness. But then when we go into second to third or, or first, uh, from first to second, um, you have this stimulation of chemical substances that had been inert, then they combine, then you get molecules and then you get, uh, you know, polymorphous dinoflagellate and his friends. Uh, the supposition Don had made earlier concerning, concerning uh, such little guys as Mr. Dinoflagellate, dino, same as dinosaur, I bet, um, wiggling little dino, uh, is correct. Mr. Wiggling Dino. Mr. Mr. It's like mini me, you know, mini, mini, mini dino wiggling, but he's polymorphous, so he takes many shapes. Uh, the way that such, that's a second density being. Uh, the way that this whole works is an upward spiraling light. And uh, that's the way evolution proceeds anyway. There's nothing random about it. So there's no randomness in creation. Uh and then pushing this further, we just have a couple more questions and then we'll end for today. Um, Don comments that this polymorphous dinoflagellate has an iron rather than copper-based cell, or it is an iron-based cell. 
uh, could you comment? Ross says 4111. This information is not central. It's not important. The base of the metabolism uh, is that which may be found in the chemical substances of the neighborhood of origin. So whether it's copper-based life, iron-based life, silica-based life, carbon-based life, metaphysically is not really that important. And so what's really important, uh, according to Ra's perspective, is you know the principles, the principles by which creation is established and proceeds, and the ways of evolution of consciousness and um, you know returning to one and returning, uh, developing the full. The full, um, the fullness of our being. Uh, Don pushes that a little bit more. Just here, we'll we'll actually we'll do two more questions: forty-one, twelve, and thirteen, and that'll be it for today. Don said he's commenting on this because it has uh, it has the motion of our animal life with copper-based cells, but it has the iron-based cell of plant life indicating a transition from possibly plant to animal. So iron-based plant life and copper-based motion of our animal life with copper-based cells and the iron-based cell, you know, hemoglobin is iron-based uh, and what? Um, uh, the copper of, uh, I think that, whatever, I forgot the name of it, but... Uh, Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is copper-based, and hemoglobin is iron-based. Uh, this guy may be some kind of uh, plant-animal blend or something like that. He's iron-based, like an animal, hemoglobin, rather than copper-based chlorophyll, like a plant. Okay. Anyway, Ra's saying, it's not that you're incorrect, meaning that there's, that this, that his uh, mineral basis of the metabolism is anomalous or something. It's not that you're incorrect, but that no conclusions should be drawn from such information. There are several different types of bases for conscious entities, not only upon this planetary sphere, but to a much greater extent in the forms found on planetary spheres of other sublogoi. The chemical vehicle is that which most conveniently houses the consciousness. Very dualistic thinking there. The functioning of consciousness is the item of interest rather than the chemical makeup of a physical vehicle. We have observed that those whom you call scientists <clears throat> have puzzled over the various differences and possible interrelationships of various stages, types, and conditions of life forms. This is not fruitful material as it as it is that which is of a moment's choice by your sublogos. Interesting quote by Ra. Uh, yeah, the mineral base of uh, dinoflagellates metabolism seems to indicate transitional condition from plant to animal or something like that. But uh, no conclusion should be drawn. Now, is Ra telling us what to do? They're saying you shouldn't? Yeah, they're saying that. <laughs> They're really saying that if you want metaphysical truth, or you want to understand the principles of evolution, this uh, choice of uh, mineral base for metabolism is just not important. Now, at some higher, higher, subtle, subtle level, the relationship between life on Earth and other solar systems and uh, the great work of this solar sub-logos, uh, you can say it has some very subtle, subtle function or purpose. Yes, I would say, I would think so. But it's so abstruse because it's really about the evolution of the sublogos. But Ra's view is that it's really just not important. There are several different types of bases for conscious entities' bodies, not only in this world, on others, meaning copper, iron, silica, carbon, but much greater in the forms of other planets of other solar systems. But chemical vehicle body is that which most conveniently houses consciousness. Super super dualistic view there, but that's typical, you know, dux, du, deus ex machina, um, God and the machine. 
the body is the housing of consciousness, uh, uh, the house of jiva, jivatman, jivatman in his dirt body, and uh, getting out of your body is, uh, you know, getting is a kind of enlightenment in some of those systems of Hindu mysticism. Uh, but this sort of typical dualism of body mind, although it's essentially untrue, it's a convenient, um, useful fiction for discussion. Meaning, uh, the reality of what we are and who we are and what's going on here is a lot greater than a typical uh, Descartesian, or I forgot who said Deus Ex Machina, Newtonian, Descartes, physical, empirical perspective that, you know, body houses consciousness. Uh, all of this can be refined on and on and on. And, you know, Gautama said, even consciousness is born of ignorance. But this is not a teaching for the end, for leaving the octave. <laughs> this is a teaching to give us a broad metaphysics. And so we have to understand that, that um, language, uh, language is uh, at best strategically used. Um, what's important from Ra's perspective, and really every spiritual teacher who's a real spiritual teacher, is the functioning of consciousness, the development of consciousness, the nature of consciousness, and the path to freedom uh, of consciousness and beyond. Uh, the chemical makeup of a physical body is just not that important. Finally, Ra's saying that uh, human scientists have puzzled long over various differences between stages and types, and you know, evolutionary biology and so on. Ross said is from their view it's not fruitful. Now of course there's some people that have studied it and have, have had gnosis and uh, spiritual awakening, you know, as an evolutionary biologist, etc. So if you pushed Ron and said, well what about that guy over there who had some spiritual awakening, you know, uh, as a hardcore evolutionary biologist, Ra would say yes of course that's valuable. But in their teaching to Don right now and in general, they're saying it's not fruitful to spend so much time on it because it's of a moment's choice by the sublogos. The sublogos surveying the condition of elemental combination on planet Earth uh, before there were those elements in combination um, at the head of second density before, you know, Mr. Dinoflagellate even appeared. Uh, realized, okay, well, it should be what? This iron-copper basis, or whatever it is, iron basis. So, um, Ra's just putting into perspective, prioritizing a focus on principles of evolution versus the details of um, material form and um, biology. And Ra said, uh, Don asked, uh, does this polymorphous dinoflagellate have an orange energy center? Ross said, yeah, that's correct. And so then, that's the point. Um, and where we'll start next time, 4114, um, Don's asked if uh, that, you know, single-celled organisms, our energy center, orange ray center, is it related to the orange ray center of a human? And Ross says the true color is precisely the same. And so that, that all these beings have seven chakras. It's just that the higher centers are, are fully unactivated in the lower densities. The higher chakras and higher energy bodies are not in play. But the true color of each ray is the same. And Ross said, however, this is 4114, which is the last point. Um, the consciousness of the second density beginning, like single-celled organisms, is primitive and the use of orange ray limited to the expression of self, which may be seen to be movement and survival. So it just floats around, sloshes around to try to keep itself alive, eating, you know, little, little stuff, and um, reproducing, perhaps. And so uh, the seven rays are the seven rays for all beings um, from the most primitive to seventh density, you know, late sixth density, as far as I know. Uh, but the uh, access or the, the utilization of the capacities 
for consciousness associated with each of those seven chakras is far greater for the far for the higher dimensional beings. So a human uh, would be using the potentials of true color green, true color orange, uh, far more greatly than the potentials of true color orange used by a single-celled organism. Obviously. Anyway, well, we finished the first half of session 41. The next time we'll pick up where we left here, 4114, 4114, going through uh, more of Ra's uh, sort of words to the to the wary <laughs> about human consciousness drop down into orange ray and um, how that relates to second density life, second chakra consciousness orange ray drop down is akin to second density plant animal life and um, how does that relate to evolution of animals and plants back to human so we're very much doing the orange yellow dance here in the transit between uh, orange or second density second chakra consciousness second density life second chakra consciousness the third density life and potentials and third chakra consciousness and its variations uh, with more discussion of chakras and fasting and balancing and we'll see maybe we can finish the session next time anyway thank you so much to be here i appreciate it a lot thank you polymorphous dinoflagellate for your being Thank you, Don, for your good questions. Have a good day. See you later. Good night.